Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Today we're going to do the last part of this series that we've entitled The Answer To. And we're going to talk about the answer to regret. It's something all of us have to deal with in life. It's something that you and I, on a more often basis than we care to admit, make decisions, do things, and we look back and think, boy, I wish that had been different. I wish that hadn't happened. And so we're going to talk about that today. And there's a story in Luke chapter 15. It's the story of the prodigal son that we're going to look at of a young man who made a decision that he regretted and how he got out of it, turned his life around from it, and made life better for himself. And we can learn something from that as well today. So let's begin. First of all, bad results bring regret. Why do we end up regretting? Well, I had some expectations. I thought this was going to happen. It, it didn't come out the way I'd planned or I had hoped, and I wish I would have done something different. Let's look at our story. Illustrate the point further. Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. And a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings, took everything that the father had given him, had a big wad of cash in his pocket, and he moved to a different land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. And about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. And he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the f- his fields to feed the pigs. Things don't go as planned. It doesn't work out as he has intended. He thought he could make this decision. Life would be great. He'd have a wonderful time. But circumstances happen, some beyond his control, some in his control. And so sometimes in, when you face regret, you end up in a place you didn't expect. If I could just go back and make a different decision, if I would only told the truth, if I had just said no to, some, to someone who for the first time offered me a drink or some drugs, if I hadn't run the credit card up to such a high level, if I'd spent more time with my kids when they were younger, if I'd spent more time with my mom or my dad or my friend before they passed away, if only I'd swallowed my pride and not allowed the bad feelings and the hurt to come between us and ruin a relationship, if I'd only taken better care of my health, if I'd just stayed at my first job, if I'd just finished college. All of us can look back at points in our life and wish we'd made a different decision. Why? Because we're at a place now that we didn't expect to be, and we think that if I could go back and undo that, things would be a lot different. And so you and I have to come to a place where we understand that regrets are a part of life, and these bad regrets come, but you and I shouldn't wallow in our past, and we have to get past the regrets that we have because all of us can look back. The old saying is hindsight's twenty twenty. You can look back and say, wow, that should have happened. I could have done this differently. This would have turned out better. But we didn't have that ability to look backwards before we made the choice. And so we make good choices sometimes. And even though we made a good choice, it doesn't pan out the way we really wanted it to. And I wish I would have seen this coming. I wish something would have been different. 
I wish I'd have known. So I have to understand that life is full of regrets. All of us have them, and they come because of unwanted circumstances that you and I are dealing with. Secondly, don't be resentful of others. You see, when we get to a point like this in our life, we start placing blame. The last person we want to blame is ourself. And so sometimes we start blaming other people. Look at this young man. He became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding to the pigs looked good to him. And here's a great line. No one gave him anything. Well, if they hadn't have done that, if they hadn't have said that, if they would have just treated me different, if this just wouldn't have taken place. It's easy to blame our circumstances on someone else. It's also easy that when we find ourselves in a place of regret, we're expecting someone else to come and make it better, to change it. If they'll just come and do this, if they'll just come and do that. And so we have to come to that place where we have to be very careful about what we're expecting of other people to do or what we're expecting other people to change because of the circumstance that we're in. And see, not all of our regrets are our fault. If you're a parent, you have some regrets probably with your kids. I wish they would have made a different decision. I wish things would have turned out better. I, I wish that had happened differently. Well, it wasn't my fault that the job fell through. I, you know, I did everything I could, but the economy did something. And maybe I should have gotten a different job. Maybe I should have handled this better. So it's not always us. And sometimes there's regrets that we have because of something someone did to us. And we think, well, they did that so my life is ruined. They did that because of circumstances and situations and I blame them for everything for the way that I am. I regret that it ever happened. And sometimes the regrets are just because of our choices. There's a whole host of reasons of why regret come. But here's what we have to come to a place that we accept. It is not anyone else's responsibility to help me get out of this. It's mine. And so this young man came to a place. He had nothing. He was working in a place that a young Jewish boy would never want to work in, feeding pigs. And he even looked at the pig food and said, boy, that looks good to me. I'm so hungry. And then he thinks, no one came to help me. No one here to offer me now. They were there all around when I had a good. Now they're gone. No one's around. So I can't be resentful and blame others for my circumstances where I'm at. It's wasting life when you do that. Thirdly, honestly evaluate your situation to gain a right perspective. There's one of the great lines to me in Scripture in this next verse that he gives to us. It says this, When he finally came to his senses when he finally started thinking clearly, when he finally started looking at life from a different perspective, when finally he was able to look at things honestly and clearly rather than looking at the way he wanted them to be and dreamed they would be. Some of you have friends, kids, parents, aren't serving God. One of the great prayers is, God, help them come to their senses. So when he finally came to his senses, he says to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. Boy, that's a great way to look at things. 
where I came from, they have it better than I have it now. And so you come to that place where you got to look at things with a clear mind. Don't live in denial. Don't lie to yourself. Don't always be blaming somebody. Don't pretend. Here's another one. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be overwhelmed. Deal with your pride. Learn from your past. And clearly look at your circumstances. Come to your senses. Begin to look at things from another perspective, from another angle. He said, look, here's all I got. He could have kept looking at pig food for a long, long time. But he chose to look at another place that he was familiar with, that he knew about, and said, you know what? If I went home, they have it better the lower people there in the home, the servants, they have more than enough food. They're well taken care of. And here I am, dying of hunger. That's a great place to come to. It's a place where you can suddenly begin to make a change in life. So when you come to that place, you develop a plan and respect God in it. You begin to look at what you can do, choices you can make. God, what can I do now? Rather than me just wishful thinking, oh, I dream about being back with the, in the house with the servants. I dream about eating that food. I'll just sit here and dream about it, but I won't do anything. No, you can sit there and feel regretful. You can sit there and beat yourself up. Or you can choose to make a plan and choose how to go forward. You can't go back and undo what's been done. It's over with. You can't fix it. All you can do is not get stuck where you're at today in it to let it keep you locked up the rest of your life. Look at how you can make a choice and a decision and a plan to move on and let it go. Notice what it says. I will go home to my father. And I'll say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. Now notice, God's in the picture. He knows, God, I know that you know that I made a bad choice. God, I know that you're involved in this. And God, I know what I've done wrong. And I'm going to go back and not just deal with Dad. I'm going to put God in this. God, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and I'll, I'll own up to what, where I'm at. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. I'm not going to walk back in thinking, hey, I need to go back into that place. I need to be at the top of the pole. No, uh, please, will you just take me on as a hired servant? Don't expect much. But it's better than what I've got now. And so he made this plan. He could have spent the rest of his life with the pigs. It's never too late to do the right thing. You stop looking at the past. You start looking forward. You stop living in regret. And you start living with hope. And when you look at the future, you see God in it. I'll go back take care of dad, take care of God, be honest about it, and God will help me. That's what I'll do. And if you make a good plan, and you even implement it, but God's not in it, you're going to regret that. And so you always have to make this 
decision. God, what do I need to do from this point on? How do I move forward? How do I move past this? God, I want you to be in this. I want you to guide me. I want you to direct me. Because Lord, if I stay where I'm at, my regrets aren't going to go away. So let me move forward. And so you stop wallowing in your regrets and you make a plan of action. Here's what I can do. That might mean you have to ask for help. It might mean you have to swallow some pride. But you say, okay, I'm here. What am I going to do about it? How am I going to go forward from this point on? And so he makes a plan and he puts God in it. And then he takes the reasonable next step. See, it's great to make a plan, but if you don't do anything about it, you haven't done anything at all, have you? You're still locked into where you've always been. And so he makes this plan. He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back. I'm going to ask for my dad to forgive me. And I'm going to ask him just to let me be a servant. I'll work for him. I'll be a servant for him. He'll take care of me because I'm hungry. And I need to eat. And I don't have anything left. And I got nowhere else to go. I wish I'd have made this decision at some other point in time. I wish I hadn't have been so arrogant thinking I could go and do my own thing. I'm going to go back. I'm going to ask for help. And so he begins to make that step. Notice what he does. Verse 20. He returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off... That's a great picture. His father saw him coming. Dad was looking for him. Dad was hoping. Dad was praying. While he was still a long way off, notice, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. There are a lot of things you can't go back and undo. You can't change it. There's a lot of things you shouldn't go back and undo. High school's over. College is over. You can't go back and undo it. Your childhood is over. Bible says at some point, you and I have to put away childish things. And so, we take the next step. We go back. Now, this is very important, and we'll kind of stay with this throughout the rest of this message here today. But here's one thing you have to understand. Whenever you choose to make a next step, you do so with God, and God is a God who is filled with love and compassion. Love and compassion. He cares about you. He's looking for you. He's wanting to help you move on in life, not to stay stuck with where you are, to go forward. And He's there looking for you. Come on, let's go. I'll help you. We can do this together. And so he made his decision, and he made the reasonable next step. He went back. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? Can you imagine how much pride he had to swallow? To come back and admit, I blew it. I made a huge mistake. I wasted everything I had and everything that was yours. Boy, what a great challenge. But yet he knew it was the right thing to do and he was going to be better off if he moved forward rather than staying stuck with where he was. And when you move, God moves with you. 
You repent of your mistakes. You repent of your mistakes. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. Now that was his plan, right? He said, this is what I'm going to do. Now he's doing it. And I no longer am worthy of being called your son. He, he put it into action. Maybe you need some forgiveness. Maybe you said something you shouldn't have said. Maybe you did something you shouldn't have done. Maybe there's some things that happen that you recognize you played a part in and you just need to admit it to yourself and to God. Maybe there's nothing really to repent of because you didn't do anything wrong, but you do need to admit it didn't turn out and I feel bad because I'm regretting this and I wish I'd have done something different. And God, would you help me get over this? Would you help me not to hang on to this? Would you help me not to regret this? I just need to be honest and admit where I'm at, what happened, what's going on, and ask for God to help me. Because the moment you ask God for, to help you, He will help you. Why is that important? Because the Bible oftentimes links confession with healing. Me being honest about where I'm at, what I'm feeling. Yes, that may involve God what I did, but it may involve God, just, this is just how I feel right now, and I recognize this feeling isn't pleasing to you, and it's hurting me. And God, I just need to be honest with this and I need to tell you about it and I need to come to you and give it to you and let you know that I'd like to make a change. I'd like for things to be different. I don't want things to go on like this. And so we come to that place, we swallow our pride. God, I'm living with regret right now. And for some of you, it's, I made this decision, it was a bad choice, God, and I know it. I'm sorry. For some of you, God, I made this decision and at the time it was the best I knew how to do, but this isn't working out like I wanted it to or like I thought it would. And God, I regret that I did this at the time. I thought I was doing the best thing, but God, I'm really sorry. Would you help me? And for others of you, God, there's some things that have gone on in life that I really wish would turn out different. And it's not that I did anything wrong, but God, you know how much that's affecting me in my life now. And I don't want anything to hinder me from being the person you want me to be. And you don't want me to live with regret. So it's coming to that place where we're honest with God about where we're at and what's going on. And then I need to allow God to restore me. You see, <laughs> when you come to God, remember the love and compassion that he comes to you with? God isn't there to say, well, it's about time you admitted this. It's about time you showed up. It's about time you did this. Let me punish you. Let me keep holding your past up in front of you. Let me make you feel miserable for where you're at. No, the father doesn't do that at all, does he? Notice what the father does. His father said to the servants, it's like he didn't even hear the kid. Bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Give him a ring for his finger. Sandals for his feet. In other words, restore him to a rightful place as an heir of mine, as the son of mine. And kill the calf. We've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead. In other words, he was lost in life. He was away from home. He was at a place where life wasn't going to turn out well for him. 
But now he's returned to life. Now he's come back to a place where he can be used. Now he's back to a place where life is present in him. He was lost. Now he's found. And so the party begins. No matter what you've done, no matter where you're at, God wants to forgive you. God wants to restore you. God wants to put you in a good place. God doesn't want you to have to suffer for everything that you've done. God wants you to come back and say, God, I don't want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to be stuck in life. I don't want to allow something to be hanging over my head all the time because it didn't turn out the way I thought it should. And, and I get bitter and angry at life because things aren't going right and it's not fair. God, I need to move on past this. And there's many people who God has forgiven, but they're still beating themselves up. God said it's over with, it's done, let's move on. And yet we still allow the enemy to bring regret into our life and think I can never be the person God wanted me to be. That's a lie. Well, I guess I'll never really enjoy life again because that happened. That's a lie. And all kinds of things that go into our mind thinking that because of a bad choice or because something didn't turn out the way we dreamed or thought it should, that suddenly life is done and we, we just now got to see it through the end. God says, no, I want to forgive you Let's let the past go. It's over. It's done. Let's move on from here. And God's not interested in making you pay. And you allow the Father to create a new chapter in your life. Lost, found, dead, alive. That's what God wants to do. The enemy wants to keep you locked up. He'll do everything he can to make you regret some little thing in your life or some big thing in your life and cause you to believe that life is just done now and that you're gonna have, you could have been so much happier if something else had gone down. That's just a lie. God says we can take this moment and we can change everything and make life brand new and you've got a great future in front of you. And the Father says, look, I'm not interested. Thanks for coming Thanks for saying what you said. Let's throw a party. Let's rejoice. You're home. God rejoices. Now, there's something you have to understand. There's probably going to be some people around you who are going to kind of get a little ticked off. And you can't allow the refusal of some to hinder you. In other words, what, you should have to pay for what you've done. Yeah, you don't deserve What's that? Look, at how could you do that? And there's always going to be people that are there that are going to be judgmental about a bad choice that you make or a decision that you make or a direction that you're taking. And, you know, you can't buy into that. And this is the case here in this story. Luke chapter 15, verse 25. Meanwhile, while all this other's going on, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard the music and the dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, man, what's going on? Your brother's back, he was told. Your father's killed the fat calf. We're celebrating because of his return. The older brother was filled with great joy about this. Nope. He was angry, and he wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. He replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. 
Now, if you got kids, that's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? You never refused once to do something? But that's what he thinks. I've been the perfect child here. And now this son of yours who, you know, wasted everything. You never gave me even one younger goat. He gets a calf. I didn't even get a goat for a feast with my friends. And yet with this son of yours, not my brother, this son of yours comes back after squandering your money. Prostitutes. How do you know? You celebrate by killing the fatted calf. There's even going to be some religious people who think that, well, you've done this, so you should have to pay. No. God says, I've already paid for you. I've already done everything that needs to be done. I want you to have life. I want you to live it to the full. That's why I came. That's why I exist. That's why I died. There's always going to be someone around who's going to be maybe a little critical of everything, but you can't allow their voice to keep you from hearing God's voice. And God's voice says, I want to restore you. Just remember, you don't get forgiven because you deserve it. It's given because God loves you. You don't have to earn it. He just says, I'm filled with love and compassion for you. Let's rejoice. Let's move on from here. Let me restore you and the life that I want you to have. My child has come home. My child's moving on in life. He's moving progressively to the blessings that I have for him in the days ahead. And so that's what you do. You recognize it. You come to your senses. You recognize it's not helping anything. All it's doing is hurting me. And God wants me to go on and to go forward and to not be weighed down by things I would have, could have, should have done. He just says, come on, let's go. That's over with. That's done. I'm a God of forgiveness, and I'm a God of restoration, and I'll help you. If you'll come to him, he's the God who wants to celebrate with you and help you in the days ahead. And whenever you come to God, God always receives you when you come home. He always does. He'll never say, no, you haven't been gone long enough. You haven't paid enough. No, I got to make sure you go through all the bad stuff. I, I want you really starving before you get back. No, he doesn't do that. Whenever you come, he has arms open wide filled with love and compassion to help you get through it and to move forward. Verse 31, his father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed with me and everything I have is yours. He's talking to the older brother. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. Wow, what a great God. Well, pastor, I've just wasted my life. That might be a part of your past, but it doesn't have to be a part of your future. It's never too late. God's always willing to help you and to move on from this point. And so I don't know where you're at today, and maybe you're dealing with this regret issue big time. Maybe there's some really huge issues that you're dealing with. 
God doesn't want you to stay locked up in them. Will you be willing to look at things differently and to move forward and to let that go? And to come to God and with Him begin to create a future where that doesn't hold you back and that doesn't determine who you are. You're a new creature in Jesus Christ. And He wants to give you a new life. And that could start today. For some of you, you haven't given your life to Christ. And maybe you're living with a lot of regrets thinking God could never accept me because of everything I've done. Oh, you don't know God. No matter what you've done or who you are or where you are, arms are open. Love and compassion is waiting. Well, maybe you're a Christian and you say, well, there's some things I did years ago. Boy, I I feel guilt. It's over. It's done. God's forgiven it. You forgive yourself and you move on. Let me pray for you. Lord, today, we thank you that you're the God who always looks for us, who waits for us, because what you have for us is life. You came so that we could live life to the full. And so, Lord, today we thank you for that. The enemy wants us to feel defeated. The enemy wants to feel overwhelmed and feel like we're no good. And because of what we've done, nothing good will ever happen. Help us not to believe the lies, but help us to look to you. Take the steps that you guide us in knowing that you are a God who is faithful. Thank you for your love for us and for the life that you offer to each one of us today. In thy name we pray. Amen. Well, this is a time where we normally take the offering, but let me just give you a little update. Uh, April's done, and at this point in April, our income exceeded our expenses. Not by a whole lot, but by, by enough. Now, that's good news. The concerning thing would be that usually the first of the year is the time of the year where we have income a little higher so that we can sock some away to get us through the summer and the fall. But here's what we know. God's going to be faithful because you and I are going to be faithful. And I just thank you for your faithfulness today and for your giving to God and for so many of you who have sacrificed. I realize a lot of you still need some work, and I realize, you know, there's a lot of confusion going on. We're still going to hold the course that we've been doing for the next few weeks at least to see where this thing is headed. Nobody knows, and everybody's kind of uncertain, but God will get us through it. So there is great hope. And I'd like to end by just praying a prayer for you specifically today. Father, for those today that are struggling financially, I pray, Lord, you'll help them, that you'll provide for them, that you'll help them to see a way through, that you'll supernaturally do what we can't, and that we look to you to be our provider because that's what you are. I thank you for those who have been so faithfully giving. God, would you just continue to bless them and to use them. And Lord, together, We thank you that we can trust you and you will take care of us now and in the future. We give you praise for it all in thy name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. 
If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.